Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents the Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. All right, Wastelanders and Vault Dwellers, it is time again for the Fallout Lorecast, and it is the end of June 2021, and that means it's time for our patrons to join us. And so here we are, and we're kind of, this episode's a little bit late. Thank you for your patience. We've had a little bit of technical problems and kind of corralling the cats, trying to get everybody together. But here we are, we've made it, and we're going to talk about some really cool concepts when it comes to the tactics of the different groups in the wasteland and how they handle military tactics and and moving their forces against each other, that kind of stuff. And uh, I'm your host, Tom, or Robots, as usual. And Lainey, or Neos Pandora, is here, as usual, as well, just back from a very long trip and a lot of rain in the car. How are you doing, Lainey? Good! Hello, hello! I'm doing great. I'm very tired. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I bet. Well, welcome back. And we also have some of our patrons joining us this week. We've got a few of our tier four patrons. And if you are a tier four patron and you haven't been able to join us yet, then please let me know what day of the week would be best for you, because we're still trying to figure out what would be best for everybody. So we want to make sure that if you are supporting us at that level or tier five or, you know, tier four or higher, that you'll be able to join us and, you know, get your money's worth. So please let me know what days would work best for you. But this week we have, and I'm going to go down the list, Blank Slater 67. Welcome to the show. How's it going? It's got to, we got to do the unmute thing because there's a bunch of us in here. So Blank Slater is, this is Blank Slater's first time joining the show. Blank, you get you there, dude? <laughs> you going to be able to unmute? I don't know if we're having technical difficulties, but if you can if you can hear us, then go ahead and unmute at some point and chime in and say hi. And then we've got back as usual, our our top tier, absolutely best of all the patrons, biggest and best. You can't beat Liberty Pie. Pie Man, welcome back, buddy. How's it going? He's in his truck as usual, flashing the gang signs. It's Mucho Gusto. Mucho Gusto. He's uh, very Spanish today, as if you heard the uh, pre-show conversation. Uh, Welcome. Um, Mm. Bonjour. Caliente. Uh, Wait, bonjour. That's not... uh, Ciao. No, that's not it either. Uh, Then we have Nighttime Smith. Nighttime, welcome back. How's it going? 
It's going great. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. I'm excited that we're finally able to all get together and talk. This is nice. Um, so this episode of the show, we're going to be talking about military tactics and strategy. And nighttime, this is kind of your your brainchild. This is a bit of your your field of expertise. And uh, during the pre-show chat, we talked about it. And he said, you know, have you have you covered this? topic before and I was like you know what I haven't and I don't know that I would have come up with it on my own but I'm glad that you brought it up because I think this is a really cool so the way we're going to do this episode is we're going to let you kind of pick a faction and talk about in general what their tactics and what their strategy would be when it came to military you know movements and goals and I don't even know the words to use and then we're going to chime in so if you guys have any thoughts on any of these things then feel free to raise your hand or unmute and let me know when you're ready to chime in. So who do you think we should start with first nighttime? Do you think we should go with somebody like the Brotherhood, somebody very common that everybody knows about? Yeah, I think so. it would be a good place to start. Okay. So when it comes to the Brotherhood, what are we looking at? Uh, we're looking at a highly disciplined military force that has uh, a lot of weapons and equipment, has the ability to deploy themselves as fast as possible across the Commonwealth. They have air superiority and they are uh, very surgical in their abilities. They only want a few things, um, and that is to eliminate any mutants and to destroy the Commonwealth and to gain and uh, control high technology that they may come across. Wait, did you say destroy the Commonwealth? Uh, sorry, destroy the CIT. <laughs> right, okay, so in Fallout 4, they're clearly against the CIT. Uh, in Fallout 3, they're right up against the Enclave forces. In uh, New Vegas, they are a smaller, kind of a smaller part of the setting there, but they are, you know, they come into conflict with uh, the Legion and some of these other Raider groups and and even, I guess, the NCR on occasion, uh, depending on what the the goals are. You know, hey, that's our technology. No, we need it. You know, that kind of thing. Um, so. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think that the they're more of a I, they represent something that is derivative of what I would consider uh, like a modern United States kind of military air superiority. That's big in our military, surgical strikes, uh, technological superiority, um, highly trained, able to get in and out of a situation very quickly, just focusing on that one goal. Um, they're, they're actually probably pretty good at pivoting from, you know, dealing with things on, on the ground when they have, you know, they've got power armor and multi disciplined individuals, you know, people who know how to use different kinds of weapons and handle different kinds of situations. So would you agree that that's, that's an, a good analogy? Yeah, very much so. Um, also the tactics in general are very much indicative of a, a first world nation. Uh, they're conducting search and destroy missions, uh, usually when they're in certain places, um, they're trying to find the enemy, they eliminate the enemy and they secure the area. And if once they've, uh, taken what they need or the area is clear, they move on and they don't hold ground. Right. Right. Interesting. Any of you guys have any other thoughts on this? Do you remember, uh, did you do any playthroughs where you came up against the brotherhood and had to deal with them as an enemy to yourself? Like, did you side with the CIT or, uh, any of these groups that went against them? Anybody have any thoughts on that? Pie man. I have a thought. Mucho gusto thought, but 
<laughs> yes, yes, I, I did have a, I, I did do a, a CIT playthrough, like through and through, all the way. It was it was fantastic. I, I loved being the evil villain. Kind uh, and yeah, yeah, it was so weird going against the Brotherhood because my one, my second favorite faction in in the entire Fallout universe is the uh, Brotherhood. Mm. The the first being the Enclave. God bless the God bless America. God bless the Enclave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but it was so. It was well trained that you could tell from the playthrough that they were uh, disciplined. It w- it wasn't like in Fallout Three where they weren't like. I mean, they were disciplined, but they weren't as disciplined. They they were they had different mission. In Fallout Three, than than when Elder Maxon came and uh, basically whipped everyone into shape, mm. and mm-hmm. uh, and basically they built the Pridwin, basically the the all that superiority is big thing. Yeah. Like what I what I don't think that uh, what I always wondered is why don't they have stingrays? Stingray fighter jets. That's a good question. What do you? You guys have any thoughts on that? Nighttime. I always wondered why they didn't. There wasn't any other capability like that in the game. I mean, you can't call airstrikes. You can only call a vertebrate to pick you up, and it always it doesn't really respond to any threats in the area when it's picking you up or dropping you off. But there's no there is no air support like that. There's no close air support missions. There's no fighter jets. There's no rocket barrages from the Pridwin. Um, yeah. Do you think there's a, a technological call. limitation or even a development? limitation like it would have been something nice nice to do but they just didn't have the time to implement it like a lot of things with bethesda has to deal with uh, they got sometimes it's a lost cost fallacy and they have to cut it because they can't finish it for the time they got to get the game done sure yeah I, i can imagine like i it would be really cool is to have a version of these kinds of games where you are able to and and maybe this is something they'll be able to do with the creation engine too once once they get out Starfield and then Elder Scrolls six. But the idea of being able to look at the map and, you know, let's say you become the commander of the Brotherhood and you decide I'm going to deploy 200 soldiers to this town because we need to take it. And it's currently super mutant territory. And then, you know, the 300 super mutants that are on the ground there have to deal with 200 Brotherhood soldiers, you know, coming in and, you know, vertebrates dropping them off. And and some of them maybe even para dropping in or, you know, a fighter jet flying over helicopters, maybe even, you know, or whatever, whatever technology they're able to like put together or even power armor soldiers with jet packs kind of, you know, like the Mandalorian just kind of like cruising over and you know shooting down at the super mutants while they're all going shooting back and you know rockets going into the sky and like these massive battles that you're able to coordinate and then you can jump down into the middle of and participate in like that would be amazing but the amount of cpu resources to handle that or the gpu resources to handle that is pretty significant so i can imagine that being something that you would see in something like an RTS game where you're looking down at a map and you have these smaller figures with less polygons and less, you know, detailed textures and less AI happening. 
but for something that works on the way that it would in Fallout 4 would be would be pretty difficult, but really cool. I mean, I guess we could chalk that up to a, you know, like a future game, maybe Bethesda, like a maybe like a Fallout Tactics, but better than Fallout Tactics <laughs> sort of game. Or Fallout Tactics rebooted. Yeah, something like that. That would be, but like Fallout Commander, you could be like the Enclave or you could be like, you know, whatever in whatever faction and just like mush them up against each other and see what happens. That could be a lot of fun. Anybody else have any thoughts? Blank Slate? Uh, blank Slater? I don't know if your microphone's working. It looks like you're still muted. Hey, um, there you are. What was the question again? Sorry. You have any thoughts about uh, the way the Brotherhood would handle tactics or the, or coming up against them in the games? Um, like I know a lot of it's like about technology and the idea of like they're the only ones that can have the technology. So right. like if they come up across like a town full of robots they're gonna go after that one grow that town because it's got all that technology in it right right and well that's another point is that they often have access to technology that everyone else doesn't have whether it's rocket technology or lasers or plasma weapons right so i i can imagine that they would have tactics around the use of those weapons that work fundamentally a little bit differently than something like ballistics weapons what do you think nighttime uh, yeah, range. Range would definitely thing. I would definitely, you would want to use plasma weapons for shock troops. You could definitely use uh, laser weapons for snipers or shock and all. Brotherhood mm-hmm. um, doesn't seem to use ballistic weapons all that much, and I can't blame them. You know, it's kind of nice to have a rifle that, well, as soon as you pull the trigger, it's already hit the target. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's rechargeable. You don't have to yeah. make new ammo. You just have to recharge it. Yeah, you don't have to mine lead or, you know, manufacture gunpowder or, you know, like I'm trying to do is trying to find primers because they're they're not around. Right. But I'm trying to find components and I can't imagine trying to find components in the wasteland. Oh, God. No, that would be very difficult. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the CIT, the Institute. Nighttime, what do you think the Institute would do when it comes to tactics and how would um, they handle it? They have a couple different levels. Um it seems like out of they they want to control what's going on without leaving as much fingerprints as possible, even though that seems to be an impossibility with their the way of their MO is. Um, the, for large engagements, they definitely use uh, Gen 1, Gen 2 synths, and they use their own laser weapon systems, and they will go in neutralize whoever's in the area, and uh, unfortunately that seems to be towns. For the most part, um, they'll come in, wipe out a whole town, take what they need, leave, or grab somebody. Um, um, or they'll send in a, uh, oh, they're not Terminators, what are they called? Courser. Cor- Coursers, yes. Yeah. So they'll send those in. Those seem to be, uh, they'll use those for things that they don't want to have a big footprint for. And then, of course, uh, replacing people is one of the the very special thing that they do that nobody has the ability to do is that they can just decide to make people disappear and put somebody in there that will do whatever they want to do because they made them to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but the tactics in general, um, infiltrate control, um, neutralize 
and uh, eliminate. They, any, if anything's a threat to the Institute, they want it gone and they don't care how obvious it is. Yeah, that makes sense. So they also have the, I guess, the benefit of working in, uh, you know, replacing individuals internally among their enemies uh, with synths who don't even necessarily know that they're synths until they're turned on. And so they have kind of like sleeper agents. The perfect agent. It's an agent that doesn't know it's an agent. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody who can just be like the mayor uh, in. uh, Spoiler alert. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) Mayor. Diamond City. Diamond City. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Perfect sleeper agent. He doesn't even know it. Right. And that's the whole point of that is that like they if they're called out ahead of time, then they genuinely say, no, 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 I'm not. How could I be like? And it's genuine. And then they're turned on and it's like, well, guess what? You were (laughs) too bad. (laughs) So it's like a. Uh, Sturgis. I don't know if you guys, a lot of you guys knew this, but Sturgis is actually a synth. Sturgis? Parse. Is he a synth because the Institute put him there or is he a synth because the railroad gave him a new life? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting question. I haven't thought about Sturgis much. Um, I killed him once just because I got bored one day just uh-huh. to see. Just to I was see. deciding who's who. Who's really trustable around my settlement? Right, right. Well, so the, the other thing is that was, uh... the other thing is that some of the synths are not uh, like have broken away from the institute and they're no longer connected. They're they're not they can't be turned on to become you know a, a hidden agent. They are legitimately individuals who have left. So there's always that and dynamic. That's... Too. That's the big thing. I think a lot of people don't realize about the Gen 3 sense. They're not really robots. They're like 3D printed human beings. Right. And they just make them with a machine and then they turn them on by whatever mechanism you would turn on a human being. But the, uh, yeah, they're not robots. It's just that one synthetic component that they put inside the brain in order to um, control them, feed information or, you know, initiate commands. Right. Right. It's like that Manchurian candidate type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if, if that part isn't there or isn't working or has been uh, disrupted, hacked, whatever, then they're, they're people as far as you can tell. And they aren't necessarily bound to anything the Institute's going to want them to do. So even if they are a synth, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're, working for the Institute. So th- th- that dynamic is always difficult. That's one of the key concepts behind Fallout 4 is that that question of like, are they people? Can you trust them? All of that. Um, and everybody's going to walk away with different opinions on that, which is one of the things that's so fun about the, the concept. So so we've got the Institute. Anybody else have any thoughts on the Institute and having to deal with the Institute in the game or their tactics? Yeah, Pyman. Since I'm the only other patron here since yeah, Blade like, left. It looks like he had to leave. Unfortunate. Hopefully uh, things are working out okay. Technic- technically. Well, so go ahead. We are all forgetting one thing. The teleportation. Oh yeah. Uh, the mode of transportation. Yes. Like the like Brotherhood has the vertebrates. The scent 
the institute can just go poof you're there poof you're not there instantly it, it's like the perfect delivery system to for like a war like you could put people behind your enemy lines and uh yeah as safe as possible without having to actually yeah. get across the enemy lines um well, it's like sense relay grenades i forgot about that pie man that's a good point mm-hmm. you can buy the grenades from the institute and you just toss them and then they just teleport sense oh, in wherever the grenade goes yeah yeah that's that's pretty potent the idea that you can overwhelm a force when they don't expect you to by just bringing in reinforcements so one, immediately in whatever place you need to put them that's a pretty effective ability. One of the things I liked about during my C- CIT playthrough was the was teleportation. Yeah, that's a good one. That's that's really that's an interesting one. So okay, so we've got the Brotherhood. Can I, can I add something real quick? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, sorry. I know you can't see me, so it's a little weird. Um, I was thinking about, from a defensive point of view. If you're thinking also about the teleportation, you have to teleport to get into the institute. For other factions, you know, it's unlikely that someone will be able to raid the Brotherhood and succeed, but you could do it. You can't get into the Institute unless you can teleport inside. Right. You have to have somebody inside already, which is basically plays into the the storyline when you're when you're up against them. This idea that you'd have to have someone on the inside to kind of deal with them. Otherwise, how else are you going to find even find them? How do you even know where they are? Bye, man. Or or have a big metal robot blasting through through the ruins. <laughs> right, like right, right. Yeah, and then eventually, yeah, you you find them, you dig them up. Um, blank. Do you have any thoughts on the institute and having to deal with synths and teleportation and and all of that stuff, or being on their side and leveraging that in conflict? I as playing the games and. Seeing like what this is all about, I feel like scaring. Oh no! Scaring people is like one of their big tactics. Okay, so, so like, yeah. you're stealing people. What are we gonna do? Right, right. Yeah, you're you're uh, you're you must have a rough signal. You're kind of breaking up as you come in. But I got the whole point about scaring people. The, the, that's true as well. The uh, you know, putting fear into your enemies and the distrust of anybody else that's already on their side is is another big thing because that breaks morale. This idea that you don't know for sure that the person you're fighting next to isn't a synth. I mean, look at the way things played out with the Brotherhood and Paladin Dance. I mean, was Maxon right for kicking him out or for almost killing him or, you know, like, would you have trust Paladin Dance if you were up against the Institute and you saw numbers of other people turn because they were synths? And I mean, would you ever feel safe? You know, like, how does that work? So, yeah, that that could break the morale of, of the other side, make them not quite ever feel that they're safe, even when they're not in open conflict, when they're sleeping in their bunks or, you know, eating breakfast. Nighttime. I mean, you saw that happen. I think it's like the second or third time you walk into Diamond City. You, there's a brother holding a gun at his sibling's head. Yeah. And he's like, I know you're a synth. Right. And he's like, the, he's not. It's just everybody's been driven by crazy by paranoia to the to the point where a lot of these people are, you know, they're losing it. 
for lack of a better term. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. You're right. That's that's another angle that they could definitely use to their advantage. Well, guys, we're we're about halfway through the episode. Why don't we go to the middle of the show and thank our patrons, which are you guys and some other people. And we'll be back to talk about some of the other factions that would play a big part in the military operations of the Wasteland. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. And thank you to all of our patrons. Absolutely. From the bottom to the tops of our uh, synthetic hearts um, and also real hearts. Don't worry, we're not synths. Uh, Maybe we are. Um, So all 47 of you guys, this is amazing. You guys are phenomenal. Thank you so much for your support. And especially thank you to our tier five and tier six patrons. We've got Pie Man right here with us. Pie Man, thank you so much. Our Tier 6 Liberty Prime and our Sentry Bot, Devin A. Thank you as well for helping to support the show and especially everybody else because we wouldn't be able to do it without you guys. You guys are phenomenal. And if you are interested in helping to support the show, helping to get on a future episode, helping to define what we even talk about on these future patron episodes, then check out patreon.com slash falloutlorecast and take a look at the different tiers. Everybody tier four or higher can join us at the end of each month in order to chat about whatever topic you guys would like to discuss. And even our tier one patrons get episodes early and ad free episodes and a bunch of other stuff. And there's all sorts of other things in between. So thank you to everyone who supports the show. You guys are absolutely phenomenal. And you know what I should do? Cause I've, I haven't think I've done this recently is go through and thank some of our recent subs. Uh, let's see, we've got, I'm just pulling it up right here. We've got wave shocked. Welcome wave shocked and, um, sound dragon. Thank you for your support and Sean M and Jonathan S and uh, Key Panda and Mitchell L going back. I don't think I covered everybody in May, so I'm going to cover them as well. Jake B, Dalton S and Alina R. Thank you to all of you guys. You guys are, are you guys are the best. You help me and Lainey be able to do this show every week and we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys. So thank you so much. We love you. We love you guys. We love you guys. Send all the love. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go back to the rest of the show. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. All right. So, um, 
it looks like blank slater is having some internet problems unfortunately i hope you're able to get that stuff fixed out and maybe we'll be able to join us next time so let's see we've got those are two of the major military forces in the wasteland who else would you consider a major military presence nice time the railroad okay um railroad's pretty interesting um i took a what was it uh, last week i did a serious playthrough through all their missions and stuff um it is a very sneaky organization they do not use direct contact they protect themselves as much as they can for obvious reasons um as we talked about you know they deal with a lot of neutralized uh a lot of their substations have been neutralized before by the institute mm-hmm. um that drops. They always use the, the classic spy tactics that are very hard to trace back to people individually or figure out where people are from and where they're going and what they're doing. Um, but their big ace in the sleeve is PAM, which is the Predictive Analytic Machine, I believe is the acronym. And it is a Saltron that's been reprogrammed in order to computate and uh, theorize future events. Yeah, Pam is pretty cool. She's one of the, um, th- the one of the theories about uh, who was behind the dropping of the bombs that started the war, which is interesting. Um, I think I touched on it a little bit way back at the beginning of the show, uh, one of the first episodes. But um, yeah, that's that is an interesting advantage. I haven't really thought about how that would be utilized. Have you have you considered the best ways to use that? Well, not only do they use her to find and locate uh, pre-war drops used by former intelligence agencies from the pre-war United States, but um, she also predicts incoming attacks and where future attacks should happen or where they can, um, what is the word, Uh, where they can try to predict uh, future movements of the Institute and what they think the Institute is going to do mm-hmm. uh, by whatever information that they gather um, that they have that predictability. And then also Tinker Tom uh, is having you put all types of what he would call weather stations, but they're just uh, data collection devices. And he's having you put those all over Boston. So that's another thing that they can get. They can figure, read energy readings, figure out where the Institute is transporting people. Um, and they also have moles inside the Institute feeding them information. Yeah. That's, I'm sure that's not easy to do. Like it would, I don't remember specific details on how they achieved that. But I have to imagine that that was very hard <laughs> to achieve. It seems to be through the sense, the sense, the Gen three sense. Uh, a few of them that are living in the institute don't really appreciate being treated the way that they're treated. Mm-hmm. I think it was the last time I was playing Fallout Four. Um, I had it was like my second or third time in the institute after doing a couple of missions, and I was walking by a uh, a synth being experimented on by a doctor and said just you know whatever symptoms you may have please report them um and uh it was this weird dichotomy of a person that knew he was being uh, used as a guinea pig and expressed that i hope that i would be a good testing subject for you doctor Mm -hmm. and i can imagine a lot of these synths are just playing the part and just biding their time so that they too can find a way out of the institute through the help of the railroad right right 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's been a while since I've um, played those parts of the game. But now that you bring that up, it really does remind me that that is that is the case. So uh, finding inside help probably isn't that hard once you can get back inside. The hardest part is probably just getting back inside. And they could have probably done that if they had captured a courser or captured another Institute agent. And if it was a scent, they could have reprogrammed that person to be a double agent. Yeah, as long as the Institute was unaware that that person had been compromised, then they could missing time. Yeah, yeah. Then they could then they could easily just go back and, you know, be a double agent, pretend that they're still working for the Institute, but yet still be relaying information from the inside back out. So, yeah, that makes sense. You guys have any other thoughts on that stuff? Um, Pie Man or Laney or Blank? Blank is still trying to connect and make sure that uh, we can hear him. What do you guys think? Pie Man? Pie Man's... So first... There you are. Driving now. <laughs> well, be safe. Yeah, I'm driving now. First... Uh... First, I never played as the railroad. I always thought that they were super inferior. Ne- I thought their <laughs> cause was not worth it. Okay. It was always war and destruction. It's always super war and destruction. It was weird. <laughs> okay. I mean, you could argue that they were trying to protect the wasteland and the synths. I mean, there was the whole, you know, like, censor people thing. And I think we might have just lost time in. Oh, we just lost your video. Yeah, no, I switched it off. Okay. Because I don't think you'd want to see me. That's fine. All right. Um, but yeah, they're not they're not your bag, huh? No, no. I never thought since as humans. What, living, breathing, even if it looks looks like me, talks like me, and, and it does, and it bleeds like me. I, I still don't believe it unless it knows something personal about me. Like with sense, it it's just you know, I never saw the purpose for the railroad. I don't know why, but it does to put it in there. Yeah, no, no, it's it's uh, if I, you don't think synths can be actual people, then obviously you're not going to identify with them as a faction. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Whereas if you think the synths are people, then absolutely there needs to be somebody who's fighting for their rights, just like anybody else who's a, who's been discriminated against. You know, somebody needs to be standing up for them and trying to make sure that things are even and equal and that they have rights because they're people, but it just depends. It depends on your perspective on that. You know, is, is a synthetic human really human? Do they have individuality, like self-awareness, a soul, you know, what, what does that mean to each Ooh. of us? You know, all of those kinds of questions are big. So yeah, I, I get that perspective. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought the synths were people. I was on the other side of it. I was like, they're, Anything that's self-aware and intelligent enough is a person, even if it's a robot. If it's self-aware, then it's a person. Uh, self-awareness and intelligence, I think, are the two requirements for personhood. Um, now, that opens up a whole bunch of other questions. Like, how do we even know that? How do we ever prove it? I don't know. But assuming that you could have proof of that, then, yeah, I think that's a person. What do you think? Gorillas and chimps are pretty close. I mean, yeah, uh, the way they can communicate and the emotion that they feel, they're pretty close. Right. Dolphins, elephants. Yeah. 
um, there are other creatures out there that uh, when given tests to show if they can recognize themselves in a mirror or can communicate clearly or see themselves separate from their environments or think in certain objective kind of ways, um, they'll, they'll pass some of those tests. So, in, so for example, a, a chimpanzee, like the smartest of chimpanzees is about as intelligent, uh, intelligent as a four to six year old. In, in a lot of comparisons. So is a four to six year old a person? What was that nighttime? I hope so. I, I said, I hope so. <laughs> but, is, but is that because they're human? And so like somebody, somebody who has a religious perspective is gonna say, well, well they have souls and they were designed by God to be people and a chimpanzee is an animal and so therefore it's different and it doesn't work the same way, right? But if you take out the religious element of it and you just talk about self-awareness and intelligence, then maybe maybe they're both people you know so so i took like an intro to like uh you know evolution all that you know in college and we and we went in depth into it if chimpanzees were human you know or people yeah so we yeah yeah uh we went through there was a big section in my textbook all about that it, it, it's still a big thing today. It, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, but my my opinion, everything. I, I'm going to bring religious in into this, and you're probably going to take it out because I'm a. People don't know this, but I'm religious. Yeah, that's why. Like, no, I'm, stuff or no, no, I, I think I, I don't. Everything. I, I try not to filter stuff out. You know, I think everybody's perspective has merit. You know. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I believe that uh, God, God, the in in the beginning, you know, science says there's the Big Bang. I believe God created the heaven and in the earth. I don't believe in the Big Bang. Okay, I'll say that straightforward. People on Discord can can hate me for that. I don't care. I don't. I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't think anyone's gonna hate you for it. It's your opinion. That's fine. Um, they may disagree with you. Yeah, it's my opinion. That's fine. I, that's totally yeah, fine. That, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Sure. So, uh, I I also believe that God created everything. You know, like chimpanzees, humans, Adam and Eve, the garden, you know, the Garden of Eden. I believe he did all that. I So, people not saying, you know, all these tests about chimpanzees. Oh, are they human? Or could they be human? Oh, I believe they could be human. They, they could be a less evolution evolved type of human. But I believe I believe that chimpanzees are human. Well, I mean, they're not human because they're chimps, but are, well, not, are self-aware. Not human, human, but... Are, are self-aware. Yeah, that's what I mean. Are, have, a, you know, a sense of self-awareness and... Um, I don't know. Uh, this is know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going a little. We're going a little off. The, yeah, person. They they would be considered yeah. persons Personhood. in some way. Uh, they have the right to, you know, their own. I don't. I don't know. There's so many different ways that we could we could uh, talk about this. But um, this is this is a big topic, and it's worth its own complete episode talking about any of this stuff because it, you're right. There is a lot to it. There's a lot of different perspectives, and there's a lot of different reasons for those perspectives. Um, but when it comes to the institute and the synths, that's that's where we're at, right? And then when it comes to the railroad, they're on the other side of that. They're they're against that. They want freedom for the synths, and they think they are people, and they have their reasons for believing so as well. So, um, 
you know, deciding who's right and wrong, that's something that we all have to handle. And that's why these games are so interesting is because they put you in that situation where you have to, you come up against that question and you have to figure that out, right? So let's move on. We've got we've got a little bit of time left. Um, who else is there? We've been talking mostly Fallout 4 groups. We've got uh, the railroad we just covered, right? And then what about, who else is out there? The Minutemen? The creme de la creme, the Minutemen. The creme de la creme. So, uh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. You go ahead to describe what the Minutemen okay. would do. So the Minutemen, they're your neighbors. They're the farmers. They're everybody that you know in the Commonwealth can be a Minuteman. They are uh, your teacher, you know, your shopkeeper, your barber. They're everybody and they can be everybody. Um, I think what's really why the Minutemen has such a, uh, an edge is that they are the citizens of the Commonwealth. They want to make things better. They want to protect each other. And um, they do have a tactical edge. Their edge is that they are everywhere and they do have artillery. They have the ability to conduct a large scale offensives and they have the ability to call in uh, artillery strikes. Uh, if you get a settlement and they decide to join the Minutemen and they're allied to you, you can build artillery at that position. And not only can you call them in with a flare gun, if you need to take an objective, either knock out a raider base or you need to kill some super mutants, not only can you have a squad of your neighbors come by with their guns, uh, but you can also call in an artillery strike. Yep. You know what's really funny about that is that I had that option so many times and I always forgot to use it. It's the best, though. It's like, it is. So if you get three or four different settlements in one area and they can all converge, each each one will fire about five shells. It, it'll make it look like it's the First World War. You'll just completely oh obliterate God, an area. It, uh, like it's a... <laughs> uh, what is it? If you take over Quincy, if you call an artillery mm -hmm. bombardment on Quincy and you have most of the settlements around that area... And there's so many vehicles inside the settlement that it just it just obliterates everything. That's awesome. And then you just mop it up after. Oh, I need to I need to do that. I, it was one of those things that I just never did. I always just wanted to rely on my own ability to shoot at things. And I just I don't know if maybe if it felt like cheating a little bit. Maybe that was it. Tom, you, Tom, you got to bring your friends that got guns. I know. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, yeah, I just never did that. Pie man, did you did you rain artillery on anybody in the game? Oh, all the time. All the time. <laughs> all the time. Each of my settlements, when I because I I'm going through a Minutemen uh, storyline right now. I'm I'm going through that again because uh -huh. I absolutely loved it. My character's name is George Washington. <laughs> That's great. Ah. <laughs> uh -huh. Hi everyone. I'm George, George Washington. George Washington. Good old George Washington. I'm George Washington. That's yeah, awesome. each of my settle, each of my settlements that would join the Minutemen, I would. Of course, I play with mods, so I would always play with like unlimited supplies. So I'd be like cheating, but still, <laughs> All right. but still, e each of each of my settlements would probably have four art four artillery each. And, and literally, uh, my frame rate each time I would do it would like drop to zero. Yeah, it would just. Tank. And I knew, uh oh. Uh, yeah. 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 Especially when I was near the castle, because I put like six there, each in the couplets, and then two on the sides. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, oh! It was awesome. 
That's great. That's awesome. It, yeah, I also destroyed Quincy also, so. <laughs> kill, kill the gunners. Get rid of them. Yes. Get them yes. Out. It's gross. They're gross. They're, they're Brotherhood of Steel wannabes, pretty much. All right. What about uh, Blank? You're back. Are you able to chat now? We'll see how your voice does. Do you have any thoughts about the Minutemen or Laney? I'm not sure if Blank's connection's working. Oh, yeah. There I've you are. always, I've always enjoyed the Minutemen. I thought they were always a pretty good guy kind of group. Yeah, it's kind of hard to fault them for defending themselves against you know raiders and people trying to take their property and stuff. Like that's pretty fundamental right like totally makes sense now the ability to like bombard other people is that I mean, that gets pretty intense <laughs> but that's pretty cool do you have anything else you wanted to add blank um no i think that's all i had to say about the men men i i pretty enjoy it enjoy them pretty well cool cool laney do you have any thoughts on any of these that we've brought up anything you want to chime in with or share about your playthroughs this oh hello okay i really didn't spend a whole lot of time with the minutemen um well i think you know you get through the stuff with the castle and then that's about it for me you know I, I just <laughs> that's where you let them go you're there. like eh, i'm yeah, done with you guys cool. <laughs> i think they're great i think you know they're very noble and they have a great cause um, I was talking to my, my roommate about this the other day where it really feels like they, like, it, you know, in Fallout 4, when you first start out, there's some of the first people you meet if you're following the main story. And I feel mm-hmm. like they kind of expire at a point. Um, and I guess that just really has to do with how you play the game. But to me, in like what order you do things in, you know, but to me, that's how it was you know i they're very interesting for a bit but then once you start meeting other people and doing other things they don't stand up against the other factions to me well they feel very um less equipped than the other factions like the other factions are much yeah, more established yeah, for sure. and when you meet the minutemen they're on their they're on their last legs i mean basically preston's like hey I'm barely holding it together here. We need a leader. I'm not that that person. Can you be that person? And by the way, we've got nothing going for us anymore. <laughs> it's been basically the summary of what's going on. Can you uh, maybe help us reestablish ourselves? And you have to build it back from there. So. Which, which I thought was probably the most human faction out of the entire game. Is that taking that spark of the idea of helping your neighbor, um, you know, providing for it. Well, you know, basic, your basic human, you know, uh, ideals of, you know, helping each other and doing the right thing and, you know, making sure that everybody is safe is what the Minutemen is. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is a fundamental thing, but it definitely feels like more of a struggle than, you know, signing up with the Brotherhood who already seem very equipped or being part of the Institute who, again, seem very equipped or even the railroad who are, you know, lesser equipped, but still very capable and have their own, you know, what could be argued is a positive moral agenda. So, yeah, the, the I, I can see why people wouldn't necessarily side with the Minutemen right away, because it does seem like a much more uphill kind of thing. Um. 
but you know, you got to protect your farmers. Got to protect your farmers. You got to well, and the and the people who have spent a few generations now out in this wasteland establishing themselves, trying to get back at you know normalcy, and yet they're dealing with all of the craziness of the wasteland and all these other factions and things. It's it's tough. It's tough out there on the farms. The um the one the one thing I did want to add just for to close it all out is the end game for each faction. Um, the CIT, well, the common, uh, the Institute, um, their end game is kind of interesting because, uh, they each kind of follow how their, their faction is like organized and such. So when you destroy the brotherhood as the Institute, they hijack Liberty prime, they have him retarget the Pridwin and then destroy it. And then the Minutemen, uh, when if you let's see, the Minutemen's two part. So the Minutemen will infiltrate the Institute through a backdoor sewer area on the Charles River, and then once you get in there, you will then beam in a couple of squads of Minutemen, and then you take the Institute, and then you go down to the reactor, much like the rest of the end game, and you get at the reactor. But Preston tells you, I want you to uh activate the um what do you call it the uh the evacuation command Mm. he goes we're not murderers we're just here to kill the institute we just want to destroy their base and if you don't hit the uh the evacuation order he hates you you get uh you get a pretty big loss in affinity with his character yeah that's not who preston garvey is Mm -hmm. and he uh yeah, he's not about that. And then, no. of course, he, when the Minutemen hit you... Good, he's a good guy through and through. Yeah. He just does what he needs to do when it comes to violence, because he has to do it. But he ultimately... Says, this is war. We're not murderers. Right. Right. Yeah, that That's makes sense. That's what he says. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. And then, uh, was it the last part was uh, when the Minutemen destroys the Brotherhood of Steel. Uh, the whole point of that campaign was the, the quest, our powers combined, was to build five settlements, each with an artillery uh, unit, and to bombard the Brotherhood of Steel ship, to s- destroy it, and then you defend the castle against a uh, what the Brotherhood is good at, deploying knights in power armor and vertebrates. But it doesn't really work out well when you have turret, missile turrets all across the castle. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. I wonder, you know, if and when we get a follow up to Fallout 4, an actual timeline follow up, whether that's Fallout 5 or some other game they're going to do in the future, which of those endings will be considered canon? Oh, that's the trick that they play, isn't it? That they always change the location. So there's no real way to tell what the canon ending was. Yeah. Other than other than Broken Steel from Fallout 3. Um, obviously siding with the Enclave wasn't the canon end. Right, right. That, that, that's uh, clearly not, no, it wasn't. not the way it goes. Yeah. Um, but it seems like, it seems like the destruction of the Institute would mean a, an ending for more synths in the wasteland. Right. So yeah, unless if, if you're actually seeing active synths in the wasteland that are working for the Institute, you know, they survived. So it can't yeah. be any ending where they're wiped out. Um, if you don't see that, this is, this is true. Yeah, then it could yeah. be proof that these other groups survived. If you see the Pridwin, then you're going to know that the Brotherhood didn't lose the Pridwin, right? So there are some yeah. there are some tells that could occur 
that would you know kind of lead us to a certain conclu- conclusions about how the game ended and which which ending it was but i think we're gonna have to wait a number of years before we see anything about that at all especially with all the other games coming out yeah it's gonna be quite a while for another fallout another mainline fallout yeah, yeah. And all the and all these dlcs for 76 yeah, well, 76 is going to be a, a game of service, kind of like um, Elder Scrolls Online is. Yeah. And they're just going to, they have yeah, a team that's, that. yeah, and this is something I, I think is good to clear up. Um, they they have their own team working on that. That Just because 76 is doing better and is continuing to create more content doesn't mean that that's, that fact is going to delay us getting another Fallout. What's going to keep us from getting another Fallout from the main team is getting Starfield and TES6 out. Once they get those out, then potentially they switch back and they do a Fallout Five, unless with the the you know being underneath Microsoft and the ability to use Oblivion as a studio or some other side studio getting created underneath Oblivion Bethesda. Or, or I'm sorry, Obsidian, Oblivion, Obsidian, yeah. um, Oblivion. It's a game. <laughs> uh, thank you. The O stuck in my head. Um, then we may get some sort of side studio doing some sort of mainline fallout game uh but not the the core bethesda studio that that works on these traditionally so we may get something sooner than that but then and if we did is it going to be a continuation of the story a la fallout 5 or is it going to be like a new vegas 2 or a remaster of 3 in new vegas or you know like you know like are we are we going to get other side kind of content rather than um something that goes further into the story story in the timeline so um yeah or an isometric uh, game they might do, yeah they might do uh fallout florida next that would be cool no. <laughs> Hoping. I, I i i'm subscribed to a youtube channel uh it's just a mod development team they're doing fallout my miami yeah yeah i've heard about that and awesome. that'll be fun to check out i don't live in miami but i've been there a few times and i think it would be cool if it like matches actual real world, world locations if they did if fallout florida and it wasn't miami i think orlando would be the next most fun place to do because you have all the theme parks you have oh yeah there are certain places and different kinds of things around that area that you could really pull from um but with the theme parks being so branded I have a feeling they, they couldn't do it like you couldn't have Mickey Mouse in there unless you had the rights to use Mickey Mouse or uh, you know any of the other theme parks have specific well, rights. Bugle World is kind of like a ripoff of Hershey Park and yeah yeah yeah, yeah I agree it's it, and they, yeah in I've that sense they Hershey kind of Park. already did that yeah. so the other place I mean you could do like St. Augustine which is one of the oldest cities in the country but it's not very big so I don't know that that would make sense Wait, to do you did say Augustine, or probably some other areas too. You could utilize the forts that are in the area. So imagine if you could go to St. Augustine in the game and turn, um, what's this there? Uh, I can't think of the name of it. I visited it like a year ago. Yeah. Um, you could turn a fort into, let's say, a settlement. That would be so cool. Yeah, but uh, St. Augustine isn't actually that big. Like the, the amount of downtown area there is very small. And then outside of that, there's like a lighthouse and not too many other really cool locations to go so i would imagine my house could be cool though because of ghosts and stuff you could like make it really spooky oh totally totally i just i would imagine that you would want a bigger interesting about st augustine that could really come through it in a a fallout game 
Oh, very true. Mm. One of the other things I, they could do is make it um, kind of squish down, kind of like the Fallout 76 map is, and have places like that. You know, you have a place yeah. that is kind of like Orlando. You have a place that's kind of like St. Augustine. You have a place that's kind of like, I don't know, Jacksonville or Panama City. Uh, yeah, Panama City. Yeah, like there's a lot of d- other kinds of places you could go to and just kind of squish them down in, in map form. So you could do that as well. Um, that's what I liked about 76. It was kind of that blend of the Fallout 1, Fallout 2, and then Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas. Instead yeah. of just being one city, one metroplex, and then some surrounding rural area, it kind of spread it over a much larger region and kind of blended the two. So yeah. you could actually travel in between rather than just, you know, having your little icon travel across the screen yeah. to the next town. Yep. Yeah, I hate I hate game jumping, but... This sort of sounds like uh, G- GTA San Andreas. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same kind of thing where you have like these different zones that all kind of work together in the same mm-hmm. map. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, I got to get going soon. So why don't we wrap it up? This has been a fun talk about Fallout 4. We may want to do the same kind of thing with uh, Fallout New Vegas in the future. We'll talk about those different factions and how, you know, they handle this kind of stuff. That could be a lot of fun as well. Um, Let's go back through and, and say goodbye to everybody. We're going to go back uh, down the list. So blank, if you're if you're there and able to respond, if your Internet's working, then uh, please let us know if you have anything else going on that you want to share or ways people get can get a hold of you outside of just reaching out on Discord. If you'd like to share that as well. I don't know if blank is, is there. I'm not seeing the unmute change. So if you can hear us and you want to chime in by the end, just let me know. Um, Pie Man, you got anything else going on? Anything you want to share? Ways people can get a hold of you? Well, I'm sort of going to pull a, pull a aperture here. So, so the one true way you can communicate me, go find a dolphin. <laughs> Speak in dolphin language. Go, have the dolphin find me mm. wherever I am. Probably in Florida, or I've been going to like Oklahoma recently. It's weird. Those are two very uh, different places. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, okay, so send a dolphin. But, but yeah, I, yeah, send, send the dolphin. If I see a dolphin in a car, first I'll freak out because someone actually did it. Second, I'll actually, I'll, uh, <laughs> yeah. You'll get yeah, the message, but, but and the, you'll send a dolphin back. Is that how it's going to work? Yeah, it's kind kind of like a carrier pigeon. Right, right, carrier dolphin. Got it. Yeah, got it. Yeah, but 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 seriously, uh, you can reach me on the Discord, uh, Maverick, whatever my username is now. I I usually go by Maverick, Pie Man, Liberty Pie, Lord. E- no, not Ezra. Lord Stefan Darkvane when D and D comes around again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're changing it up all the time. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah. This is actually the first month I've actually kept the kept it the same. It's weird. Yeah, I feel weird about it, but <laughs> you uh, just got to keep changing it up. But yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I'm always driving, so if you just want to hang out, you know, over voice chat, just DM me. You know, I'm I'm welcome to chat. I get super bored because it's the same thing each week. Seems like. Yeah. So yeah, driving, yeah. driving. If you just want to talk, if you just want to talk, cool. Oh, cool, man. All right, uh, nighttime. 
Uh, everything's going good. Um, just hit me up on Discord if you want to talk about different Fallout topics. Um, uh, personally, uh, I tried my first cherry tomato off of one of my uh, tomato bushes today. It's very good. Very glad. I feel like I've been waiting way too long to get my harvest in. So that's kind of cool. And uh, have a good night, everybody. That's awesome. So you're you're growing. You've got like a garden back there with stuff. Also, I have a lot of stuff growing. Yeah. Um, green chilies, bell peppers, three different varieties of tomatoes. Uh, I'm starting tobacco. Uh, wow. I have. Corn. Are you allowed to do that? Is that like a legal crop? Yeah, you can grow it. You just can't sell it. It's like I'm huh. allowed to have a pot still in my basement. I just can't produce liquor, kind of thing. Got it. Yeah, like, yeah. I can't. I can't drill pinholes and you know third pinholes and AR-15 receivers, but I can have drill bits and AR-15 receivers. Right. That's a joke, everybody. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, my wife has been um, planting more plants in our backyard with like a started with like um, some herbs and things, and now she's growing some mini cucumbers and some other stuff. So some uh, I lettuce. I did. Yeah, it's fun. It's really fun. It's really rewarding. Um, she calls them I her babies. They are. They're they're precious, and you have to you protect to them. them. Do you talk to them? You'd be like, "Hi, babies." How I said, "How's doing? everybody doing?" How I go, "You have cute flowers." Yeah, you talk to them like babies. I got, <laughs> I, I got uh, potatoes. I love my potatoes. They're adorable. They Aww. grow. They're so fast. And then you they're eat so them. Strong. Yeah. They're eat them, and then if whatever you got left over, you just put them back in the ground and get more potatoes. It's like you have kids, and then they have kids, and then they have kids. That's crazy. You just potatoes keep are so weird. Potatoes. Yeah, they just grow roots out out of themselves. They're so weird. Um, well, cool, man. I'm glad you're having fun with that. Uh, Lainey, Lainey, you got anything to share before we go? Yeah. Um, so, obviously, I was in Alabama this weekend, and it was really fun. And um, we were, like, deep in the woods, so I didn't, I didn't have any signal or anything, and... Um, it was just really nice. I could live in the middle of nowhere. Maybe not Alabama, but I could live in the middle of nowhere forever. I could really do it. I keep saying to um, my fiance, CJ, that I would love to just, I don't know, somewhere colder, um, probably more liberal because uh, the whole gay thing. <laughs> and then, you know, find a good spot in the middle of nowhere. I want, like, in a mountain, but, like, near the ocean, maybe some, like, Pacific Northwest type deal. And when then the temperature is 120 degrees right now. Again. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, cool. As long as you've got good I, internet and oh, we can I keep recording. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's when I came back from. I literally uh, can't, you know, I got out of the car and then got on this call, which is funny. But yeah. Yeah. it was nice. And then if you guys want to reach me um, up until the point where I moved to the middle of nowhere and don't talk to anyone anymore. <laughs> You can reach me at Nia's Pandora on Discord and Twitter and Instagram and Twitch and probably other places too. Who knows? So who knows? Come say hi. Go say hi. I really do want to talk to more of you. Um, so please don't be afraid to reach out. I don't bite. <laughs> <laughs> well, stream some more, and I'm sure people will pop in again. So you got that going. Yeah, I got. I got. Get, get on that. <laughs> gotta get on that. All right. Well, let's see. Anything else going on with me? All, all the regular stuff. You guys know I've got tons of shows. Uh, if it's a night of the week, then there's a very high chance that after 9 p.m. Eastern that we're doing a show. And Lainey, I'll be back in just like two days with our next episode. 
we're going to be diving back into some of the nightkin and the individual nightkins and quests and stories about them so that'll be a lot of fun we'll be back to that stuff very soon and again sorry this episode's coming out a little bit late but we got it out there for you and i hope you guys enjoyed it we'll talk to you next time until next time stay safe out there in the wasteland we'll see you later plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Also, look up the Robots Radio YouTube for videos about Fallout and other things. And check us out on Twitter, twitter.com slash robotsradio. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park